Welcome to Unqualified Sports, where the unqualified athlete has the most qualified opinions. It's your boy, Unqualified Arrow, in the building with my co-host, Unqualified Shy. What's going on with you, my brother? All right, Kevin Durant. Oh, I can't say again. My bad. All right, we're going to just start. My bad. Welcome to Unqualified Sports, where the unqualified athlete has the most qualified opinions. This is take two. You got the boy Unqualified Arrow in the building. With my dog, unqualified shot. What's going on with you, my brother? How do I say goodbye to what we had? Oh, man. All right, I'm going to go to the city dynasty, man. Chance to see, dog. Chance to see. What's up, man? I'm here. I'm in the building. Let's talk about it. Hey, let's, and we can get straight to it, bro. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, bro. What a way! What a way to start the show, bro. Yeah, to pour a little bit, a little bit of essential water out for uh, KD real quick and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but yeah, man. So look, the Raptors pulled it off in six. Um, we both predicted wrong, I, and I, I just thought about this. I guess we both just be as just as wrong as the other, huh? Ain't that something? But anyway, uh, Kawhi Leonard. At least I got to the finals. Hey, okay. I mean, getting that. One, who who remembers losers? So. Who gives the losers credit? So anyway, uh, either way, Kawhi Leonard got MVP. Um, had a monster. He had a monster playoff. He probably was just the MVP of the playoffs in general. Um, had a monster playoff. Uh, when he had like, I think he's number three. Um, as far as points scored in the playoff, uh, over seven hundred. I don't know the exact number, but he under Jordan and LeBron. Um, with that, first player, uh, third player to ever. Win a championship, uh, win a MVP, Finals MVP with two different franchises. First player ever to win um, a Finals MVP with a Western Conference and an Eastern Conference team. Uh, so Kawhi Leonard kind of putting his staple in, in, you know, putting his mark on the NBA as who he is, um, what he did in this series. His, he didn't have a great final game. Um, really, they played some really pretty good. They played pretty good defense on him throughout the series. Um, but yeah. I mean, he he carried when he needed to, and really his team, his team stepped up, man. But just not not, yeah. not just focus on them, just just to put the focus on him, man. Uh, Kawhi Kawhi did an amazing thing by getting traded to this team. Nobody really thought that they would make the finals, let alone win the finals. Um, so for him to go out yeah. on this potential one year thing and Go out and do that, you know. I gotta give tip my hat to him, man. That was an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, man. Um, overall summary of the series, it was a good series, man. Like at the end of the day, I think we all thought Golden State would win it ahead of time, like before the series started, and we were just hoping we got a good series out of it. That was really what Toronto could do at best. But turn of events, man. Kawhi showed up. He didn't dominate the finals like he dominated the rest of the playoffs. He got some help from his teammates. He still played well, but he got a lot of help from guys like uh, Siakam and Lowry. Man, and Fleet was big, 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 big off the bench. Ibaka, big off the bench. Those guys really, really showed that sometimes the deeper team can beat a team that's top-heavy and not as deep. The uh, Toronto bench played outstanding as they have all season, and 
that was the difference, man. A lot of injuries on Golden State they have. I don't really like to bring it up because it seems like you're taking away from how well Toronto played when you talk about the injuries on Golden State they have. But Toronto did what they had to do. They saw an opportunity and they seized the moment. Shout out to Kawhi. Shout out to Mark Gasol for getting the ring. Him and Paul Gasol becoming the first brothers to ever win NBA Finals. That's dope. Um, Kyle already deserved it, man. He just criticized a lot. straight point like he, he scored the first 11 points or something like that and like that yes, type of stretch in that in that and just and to open up that that elimination game um that was one of them unheard of things um when i saw he had 21 at the half i was like what that's like and we had you know we discuss we, yeah. we we text about these things a lot and uh one thing about kyle lowry which as much as i criticize him but one thing i will say about him when he plays in an away game, and he said it himself, but when he plays in an away game, he plays better. He played way better away in the playoffs than he plays at home, which is kind of weird, but it's, it's different, but, hey, it worked for him. So, um, again, shout out to him. Uh, I was jokingly asking in the group message uh, earlier this week, uh, if Kyle Lowry win this uh, ring, does that make him better than Chris Paul? <laughs> I saw he just, you know, they, you know, somebody tried to kind of question him about, you know, his play and different things of that nature, and he, you know, his response was, "I'm a champion, I'm a champion." So you can't take that away from him. Uh, I, I'm with you, especially with the Van Vliet. I've I've been saying little stuff about Van Vliet, like you know, Van Vliet, he he tough. I mean, she talk about. It, I said he he real tough, man. Like. He not he don't have a he don't know what back down is. If anybody was as close mirror to Kawhi Leonard in that series to me, it was Van Vliet. Cause Van Vliet, Van Van Vliet, excuse me, he never wavered. I remember before KD got hurt, which we're gonna get into the injuries, but before KD got hurt, he kind of got in a little, not a mix up like a real like pushing match or nothing. But you know he let KD yeah. know I'm not scared of you. You know like they had a little a little talking with two with each other and you could just tell he was just letting them know like we here and i'm a, i'm gonna be the reason i'm gonna be one of the reasons we here you know like i'm gonna show you that we not scared of y'all and that type of mentality i think helped lift him because i think what he had 12 in the fourth or this in game six like man man he like yeah, four threes <laughs> but anyway van vliet um van vliet like i was saying he showed up he showed out 
Um, like I was saying, he scored the he scored 12 points, hit four threes in the fourth. Um, literally, bro, I was Ubering. And I picked up somebody. I was listening to the game on the radio. And it had three minutes and 30-something seconds left. I turned off my Uber app. I put the game on my phone. And I sat in a, some parking lot of a gas station and watched the rest of that game on my phone. Because I knew it was coming down to the wire. I knew it was going to be a hell of a game. So the series definitely didn't disappoint. Um, as far as the injuries, though, that's something that we just we can't talk about this series and not talk about the injuries that took place uh, unfortunately unfortunately last night clay thompson he ended up tearing his acl which give him a lot of credit because it it was clear from the replay that he did something bad he went to the locker yeah. room he ran back i've torn my acl before he ran back out to the floor which is Crazy. amazing um went and hit the free throws and played a defensive possession so the toughness of clay thompson is one of them 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 real high up unmatched type things ain't too many people you know yeah. you know that that can go out go back out and do that type of stuff so yeah shout out to him we didn't get a chance to touch on this in the last episode uh because it hadn't took taken place yet but kd uh, had the ruptured Achilles um, in that in that series, and you know, so that 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 was that was kind of foul. I know um, in our group message we talked a lot about the fans booing. I mean, cheering that on, um, and then they kind of you can kind of tell they kind of shifted once they realized how bad it was. They kind of shifted and and you know, kind of took kind of took it back. I I even read that they even signed a little card like a get well soon card uh, for KD. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. so uh, a lot of fans kind of came together and sent him a card. They didn't mean they. I, I think just the emotion of the game. I think when it happened, they didn't yeah. realize the injury was that serious. Um, not saying that you should cheer for any injury, but I didn't think they realized it was as serious as it was. I think they might have just thought it was a reaggravation, and now you can't play. You tried to come back. You know, maybe that type of thought process. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But um, so the, the injuries played such a huge role um, in this series. It created a lot of headlines. But even with KD being out, most people still thought that the Warriors would win. Um, yeah. And they just they just they just couldn't get over the hump. Um, what you thought about what you thought about Clay Thompson, man? Oh uh, man, much respect to Clay Thompson. I even heard even after he hit the two free throws, played the defensive possession. And he took him out the game. He told Steve Kerr he just needed a two-minute rest to stretch his to, to stretch his knee out, and he wanted to go back in. But he made him go to the locker room, you know, so I could take a look at it. It's crazy that his adrenaline was pumping like that. Yeah, and he still felt like he could play. You know, it almost reminded me of when when Kobe tore his Achilles and then went to the line, the free throw line, and made two free throws and walked off the court like. Nah, you know, I'm good. And that was the two free throws that put them ahead and eventually got them into the playoffs where, you know, they got swept by uh, San Antonio, if I'm not believing, if I'm not mistaken, I meant to say. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that was um crazy, crazy performance by Clay. He, he definitely earned my respect. And hopefully people see that and, and 
give that man credit for his toughness, just for wanting to be there for his team. And I feel the same way about Durant. Durant took a big risk. No, he wasn't nowhere close to 100%, but still laid it on the line for his teammates and wanted to be there for him when their back was against the wall. They were facing elimination in Toronto. And he came out there and he was smoking yeah. in the first quarter. Yeah, he was. He was smoking, man. And that's just a, a testament to his greatness and how great of a player he is. We all know what Durant is capable of, and he's healthy and on the court. But even Durant at 70% is still probably better than 80% of the NBA, which is crazy. But I think both of those guys should be saluted for their efforts and what they tried to do and what they ended up killing at. But it still was a victory as far as those guys' attitudes and, and, and how much they really care about winning. I agree. I agree. Now tell me this. Because it was a lot of, it was, like I said, we didn't get a chance to really discuss this. So I want to know what's your opinion on, on. I know you, you know, you giving him a salute. Do you think he was pressured? You know, it's a lot of stories about maybe he was pressured. Maybe he shouldn't have came back. Maybe this, maybe that. Like, do you feel like he was right in doing that? Not just for the that whole having a, the heart of a champion type thing, but just like. Career-wise, do you think that was a smart move for him to do, to make more? Uh, I think I think, it, I think that decision comes down to two things. You can either think it with your head or you can think it with your heart. Now, if you think it with your head, you, you know, I got too much to lose. I can't risk this. I got to think about my brand. I got to think about my career moving forward. You know, but, but your heart is telling you, no, nah, I got to be there for my team. Like, if, if there's even a slight 1% chance I could go, I'm going to go. So, I think he was tossed in between there, and he paid the ultimate price. He was, it was the ultimate sacrifice. But then again, I think Durant was thinking, too, I'm Kevin Durant. If I go out here and I do rupture my Achilles or tell my ACL, I'm getting max money no matter what because I'm that good. Which, and at the end of the day, he had a $31 million player option in his back pocket, too. I could always just opt in, take the $31 million and go sit up for the next season if that's what I have to do to get my body right and to get back to 100% if he ever gets back to 100%. So I think at the end of the day, he was thinking that too. So I'm not really taking as big of a risk as, it, as to say like anybody else that lost money. Like when Boogie got hurt and he lost out on all his money, he didn't have a $31 million player option set aside just in case if he do get hurt, he can opt in and get, still get paid with his injury. You know, so Kevin Durant had that in his back pocket, so I think that did help ease the decision a little bit for him to do what he had to do. Okay, I, I kind of, I, I mean, I, I understand that way of thinking. I, I think he probably did feel some pressure, which I think is just pressure anyway. The finals create pressure. It don't matter, you know, what the narrative is of the pressure. The finals is yeah. going to create some type of pressure because of the moment. Um, so. I think he had pressure. I think I think maybe maybe Golden State rushed it, but who's to say? Um, we'll see how that plays out, um, because you know how the Kawhi situation happened, which, like we discussed before this episode, is so many different stories, especially since it's over, that could come out. We we could really sit in and talk about how bad San Antonio looks right now. We could talk about how much they sacrificed Demar, which I think we're gonna get into the sacrifice. The sacrificial lamb yeah. named DeMar DeRozan. Um, 
I mean, it's a lot of things to discuss with this. Now, one of the main reasons, I got to say this before we move forward. <laughs> one of the main reasons we was laughing when we opened oh, Lord. is because Shot, which I'm going to edit the clip and I'm going to definitely add it to the show. Uh, so y'all hear Shot saying R.I.P. to Durant for whatever reason. I don't know why he said R.I.P. to Durant. Durant is living, everybody, if you didn't know. <laughs> but, but I will say this. That picture he posted of him in the hospital, he didn't look like he was going to make it. Um, and I, look, I, I feel for the man. I don't want nobody to think like I'm just like this Durant hater and I just think Durant, blah, blah, blah. But some but things, you are. You some, are. Some, visuals, some visuals aren't warranted. Like some visuals shouldn't, you, should, you shouldn't have posted a video, I mean a picture of you with like these tools and stuff hooking. It's bad enough the man is thin. So he looked sick. Like he didn't just look like he was in there for a rupture of the kidneys. He looked like he was it in there for something way bro. more serious. Like, man like, bro. So Durant, just words to the wise, I pray that you don't never have to have go through any more surgeries throughout the rest of your career and the rest of your life. But if you ever do, even if it's a, a fingernail surgery, a boil that you got under your arm, whatever. Don't post a picture of you in the hospital. Post a picture of you after you get out the hospital. That that looks it's gonna look a lot better. But anyway, so so we gonna get to the elephant in the room that we that we that I purposely avoided. Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the elephant. I say the mic, the mouse, right? The mouse in the house. Uh, the mouse. They got a mouse in the room. The mouse in the house. That's the, ain't that's they call it when they got a little man in the paint? Yeah, little man go out and big man. The yeah, mouse, mouse in the house. In the house. We gonna go. We gonna go with uh with Steph Curry. I used to be on the. I used to be on the wrong side of that uh phrase whenever yeah. I got caught in the paint. Yeah, I can. I can, I can imagine as a as a uh, uh college basketball player, I can imagine that could happen to you quite a few uh at least sometimes. Uh, but Steph Curry, man, uh, game six. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had a he had a pretty good series. Um, we actually debated that on the last episode if he deserves. Great series. Yeah. Or Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah. Draymond Green clearly. He he didn't show up that next game after we talked about that, which last night he had a triple dub, had almost 20 rebounds, what he had 10 or 11 assists, and like 13 points, something like that. Either way, it still wouldn't have been enough. He actually averaged average just about a triple double. I think he averaged 13, 11, and 9. That's crazy. Yeah, so, um, but Steph Curry didn't really step up to the plate in this game. He stepped up to the plate really big in one game. But in this game, he didn't really step up to the plate like, you know, superstars are expected to. Um, so, I'm going to let you speak on him first. And then I'm going to speak on him. You know, because I know you want to do your comparisons about Kawhi. He played better. You know, you know, say what you want to say. But I got something just per- just for me to say about Steph Curry just generally. You got it. You got the flow. Okay. Um, Steph Curry, to me... He, he didn't play good last night. Let's just get that out of the way. I'm going to be honest. He didn't play well. Uh, he actually had a look at the end of the game, and he missed it. You know, it, it was a good look. Well, I mean, it was a, step, it was a good look for Steph Curry. Probably ain't a good look for 95% of the people in the NBA, but it was a good look for Steph Curry. So he was supposed to make that. He didn't make it. Uh, Jim Green pulled a Chris Webber impersonation. At the end, mm. <laughs> but but 
I'm not even we're not even speaking about him right now in that play. But uh all around stuff man, Grayson series, man. To me, he had thirty six and five. Um he did what he could do as far as I guess he could have played better, but I mean if he did play better, what's one of them to average? Thirty five, ten and six. I don't I don't know like what more they wanted from stuff he did what he could do. What everybody should be mad at is the lack of help that he received throughout this series. Mm. Clay Thompson played well. When he was available, he played well. But with him being in and out due to his injury, because he was injured twice, and yeah. people forgot. He missed one. You know, he, missed, that he, missed, that was, he missed the whole game. Exactly. In the end of another. Yeah. So, and the game that he missed, Steph Curry had a 47-point performance and a loss. So he played spectacular, but he got no help, which was the game he was referring to when Draymond Green didn't step up. Iggy didn't step up. Uh, Livingston didn't give him anything. Um, Looney was out with injury. Uh, man, it was just it was a mess, man. And Steph had a lot of weight on his shoulders. And like you said, he's a superstar, though. You're expected to deliver in those situations. But I think Steph ended up getting fatigued. By game six, he was pretty much done. Because of the load that he had throughout that series, it, with all those injuries, it was amazing that it even went to six. Because Toronto is a good team. I feel like Toronto probably could have could have cleared him out the game before when Kyle Lowry shot the ball and hit the side of the backboard. Although it got tipped by Draymond Green, yeah. so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But you know, it could have been they could have been put away during that game. Big kick with their life. But I think if Steph would have got more help, just a little more help. We could have been going to Game Seven uh, tomorrow night, but it just so happens that nobody showed up, man. I mean, Clay did, like I said, Clay did what he could do while he was there. Boogie was kind of hit or miss; wasn't really much of a factor. He played well in some spurts, but uh, Steph, Steph showed up every game except for last night, and that was probably the biggest game since that was the elimination game, but. He but, did what he could, man. It just wasn't enough. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to say this before I get into Steph because you, you said something. Um, Steph Curry, the best shooter we ever seen. Klay Thompson, and I think Steph Curry, the best shooter we ever seen because of off the dribble, he can hit it from 40. Off the dribble. That's the difference. That's the difference. Klay Thompson is the best catch and shoot player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I don't know nobody. Slightly above Rihanna. Slightly above Rihanna. And, and honestly, I think by the end of his career, it that's not going to even be an argument. I um, agree. Because this dude so silky smooth, bro. The dude was shooting 54% before he came into this game last night from the three-point line. And he don't dribble. <laughs> he don't dribble. That's crazy. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the reason that they yeah. won the game before – other than, other than the outstanding defense of, of of Draymond Green, Clay Thompson hit two big threes. Steph Curry hit one, but Clay Thompson hit two big threes down the stretch to put them yep. up. I'm talking about poise. I'm talking about mechanics. Man, that dude can that dude can shoot, bro. Um, he he probably he probably he probably gonna go down as the second best shooter of all time. <laughs> like just pure shooter. He, that dude, that a true, bro. But anyway, let me get he on. He might be the second best shooter of all time right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you watch it, like, 
I don't know. If I had to model my shot after anybody, I would probably want to model my shot after Clay Thompson because it just looked so right. Like, he just doing everything so right. Like, Steph, Steph take a lot of crazy-looking jumpers and stuff, but he just know how to shoot so good. He make them. Clay just, like, perfect every time. It's just perfect. That's how you teach it. Yeah, yeah, that's how you teach it. You teach it just how Clay is stupid every time. It's always on balance. It's never off balance. It's always the right form. Clay is just one of those special type of shooters, bro. Yeah, it's crazy, but okay. So, so I I would be remiss not to get on Steph Curry's ass right now, and I have to because the reason I have to is because LeBron James has averaged a triple double in a in a series in a final series, and then got towed down behind it because he lost. So Steph Curry, you gotta get this work, B. You gotta get this work. It it don't surpass you. Because you got hazel eyes and got three beautiful children and a cold mama and your wife won't mean to holler at her and all that. It don't surpass you. Relax, relax, relax. It don't surpass him. You a superstar. You getting paid $200 million. You got a $200 million contract. You are supposed, you the second face of the NBA right under LeBron James. It's you and LeBron James. That's that's the two top two faces of the NBA. When it comes down to having clutch performances, you the one in these moments that's supposed to step up. You the one in these moments that's supposed to be that person that brings your team to a game seven. And when other players don't do it, we ridicule them. We talk bad about them. We we are very uh, uh, supposed to be very objective of their play and say what they didn't do and what they should have done. So you should have played better. You should have took better shots. You should have made that last second shot, which you are 0 for 8 in last second shots in the last 20 seconds of games. You are not good at shooting clutch shots in the last 20 seconds of games. I'm not going to say I'm pretty sure it's pressure in the last two minutes just as well as it's pressure in the last 20 seconds. But in the last 20 seconds, it's just a little bit different. And crazy thing is lesser shooters are better at making last second shots than Steph Curry. Steph Curry has to play better. In these moments, people looked at Steph Curry to say, okay, well, the reason that the Warriors are probably going to still win this series, even without KD, is because they have Steph Curry. And Steph Curry, you say, well, what he could have did? Well, to me, if your, bunny, if your best player or your sidekick or whatever you want to call Kevin Durant to him goes down, then you have to average 35, 36. You have to. Oh, it's his size. Dwayne Wade, 6'4", averaged 35, 36 in the playoff. Even though he had a, some people would say a lesser version of Shaq, he still had to average 35, 36 to beat the uh, the Dallas Mavericks that year. You playing the Toronto Raptors who nobody believes in. You have to step up. Now, now granted, I wasn't 100% sure that the Raptors can win the series. So I didn't necessarily pick the Raptors or anything like that. I went with the Warriors because I didn't know what Nick Nurse was going to do in the coaching. I thought he would get out coached because they have Steph Curry on the other side who is practically unguardable, which we seen from Van Vliet, even though he averaged 30 on it. Van Vliet plays some hell of a defense on him, and he still averaged 30, but he still should have averaged more. He should have did more. And to me, that's a, that's a knock against him, what he's won. One and two in the finals without KD. Um, that don't look too good 
you, so you needed you needed KD to to you know so that that's a tank to me. That's a that's a that's a kind of a a bad mark on 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 his resume now. So he got to step it up. You know? uh, they, they got they got belief that that they gonna still win championships, and I think they can possibly win one more maybe in the next two to three years because they they you know even though he's a little older with the way he plays and you know his finesse style of play he could he could play probably for another who knows he probably could play for another 10 years if he wanted to um but still Le- still LeBron no. one, and, one and four in the fi- two and four in the finals without D-Wade uh one and four my bad go ahead carry on bro. who you talking about who you talking about LeBron, LeBron. Yeah, he won in four in the finals without D-Wade. Well, go ahead, carry no, on. He won in four. He won two championships with D-Wade. I said he won in four oh, in the finals without you. D-Wade. Like you well, said, oh, okay, that's well, I mean, about him being one in two without Durant. Well, so that's what I'm that's saying. A, D-Wade and Durant is two different things. <laughs> two, two different things. You talking about. You brought you, it up, though. I, you I, it I did. Up. You I did. It so, okay, so, we, we, so this is why we discussing it. I brought it up because mm-hmm. KD – puts the Golden State Warriors on an unbeatable level. We've been saying this from the beginning of the season, the beginning of the last season, and the beginning of the season before that. Man, when they got Durant, that put them where it's not competition. It's not competition. It's not even fair for, for, for us to even really watch it and to think it's going to be competitive because with KD, with Steph Curry, Clay, and Draymond, it's not competition. But we also, the reason we feel like that is because they were so great without KD. When they added KD, they just put them on a whole nother uncompetitive level. So now, if we automatically was thinking before they got KD that they were such such a great team, then what changed? Nothing changed outside of KD not being there. So when KD not there, you you basically getting outperformed. And who's to say if Kyrie and Kevin Love wouldn't have went down the first year, who's to say that they wouldn't have won that year and they wouldn't have, they would have been 0-3? Now, that's a hypothetical, and that's not fact, so we not going to – I don't want to get into it like that, but one and two is what it what? is without KD. One and two is what and, and it is without KD. And one and four, and one and four is what it is for LeBron without D-Wade, but, right? But, but we not – but LeBron – but this is the thing. But no, 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 it ain't – no, but this is exactly why – this is exactly why Steph Curry deserves this treatment because it's so easy for that to flow out your mouth and say – Oh, one and four without D Wade. Who cares? Yeah. LeBron James gonna get the criticism regardless. So Steph Curry deserve it too. That's my only point. That's my point. Exactly. It's so easy for what's you to the, bring up what's LeBron. The right record in the <laughs> what's the right record in the finals without Steph Curry? You say what? Oh and one. What's the right record in the finals without Steph Curry? Oh and one. Oh and one. Okay. Against LeBron. All right. That's against the best point. player in the world. These guys don't have. Steph these Curry. guys don't have. When these guys don't have their top notch sidekick, a lot of these dudes gonna have a losing records when you pull it up like that. Out of these players. We ain't talking about people like Kobe because Kobe gonna do Kobe. Even without Shaq, he still got a positive record in the finals. But that's that's just you know, because I'm I'm bringing up the point that Steph Curry should have played better, and it's his fault more than anybody else's fault that they didn't win. Now, granted, you can say, well, ain't nobody step up, LeBron don't get that credit. He don't either. That's all I'm saying. It's his team. He the face. He the one got to be responsible for them losing. Period. I, I, I agree. I agree with all of that. If you want to criticize Steph Curry, you hold him to the same standard you hold LeBron. I'm holding oh, KD I'm because I, don't get me wrong. I, I criticize KD a lot too. I'm just bringing up the fact that 
when they don't, because you, cause you ran to that that set. He's one and two without Kevin Durant. And LeBron is one and four without Dwayne Wade. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, I'm going to. Both of those guys playing without their best teammate that they had, which is D-Wade is clearly LeBron's best teammate he's ever played with. He's one and four without But then that's that's that's, that's a... Is Without that's a, I agree with that. That's a that's a skewed stat because that's a whole nother team. It's like that's a whole nother team. If you saying he won it's and fought without him, the then that's because he played on another it's team. It's not because D Wade wasn't there. You it's see what I'm saying? It's the finals though. It's the finals though. But it's what I'm saying. That's is, what we're talking that's, about. The finals. Your performances in the finals. I'm ta- yeah, with that team like with that team. Like if Steph Curry was to play somewhere else, it'd be different. You know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't compare that. Like if you talking about LeBron with the Heat, then that's that's one thing. But you talking about LeBron playing with a whole nother team, so it's like it's different. Like it's just it seems it's it's more skewed to me. But either way, that's not the point. I understand what you're saying, and I, I respect your I respect your premise on on still being a LeBron hater the way you are, and that's who you supposed to be, right? So that's fine. Nope. But I, I I'm LeBron. not a current hater. I'm just speaking of facts. I'm, I'm I know. I know, I know, but it comes come from it come from it don't come from a place of love when it comes to LeBron. I just know that. I, I, I had to bring it up though because I had to go to somebody that you hold in a high regard. I couldn't just use anybody else. I went to LeBron because I know where you hold LeBron at. I know how you feel about LeBron. And, that's why I use LeBron as an example. But I, I, I just feel like I feel like it's necessary for us to not get this man a pass because everybody get criticized in certain ways, even KD. Even KD, KD get criticized to the utmost. And you know, I'm one of them people that's very critical of KD. But if I'm going to criticize KD, and I know KD as great as he is, and that's the main reason I'm criticizing him, then I'm going to criticize Steph Curry the same way. Because Steph Curry, to me, is considered one of the top five players in the NBA, to me. So if he one of the top five players in the NBA, you're going to get to work like anybody else that don't perform when they should have. Because to me, Klay Thompson... If, and granted, I know they lost Clay Thompson. You know the injuries played a big part in everything, I, and I understand that. So Clay Thompson not being there, that changed the whole complexity of who Golden State was, or whatever. So I get it, and I'm not trying to take away from the Raptors either by saying that. But that that completely changed up. You know, Clay Thompson, somebody that don't get hurt like that. So for him to get hurt severely, it throws off it throws off everything. But Steph Curry. When, when LeBron James had that happen, don't nobody care who hurt. So I'm going to treat you with the same respect. I don't care who got hurt. What you going to do about it? You the best. You, you one of the best I'm players in the world. I'm going to average 36 and 5. I'm going to average 36 and 5. That's what I'm going to do about it. Now we lose. We just got to hold that L. Yeah, I could have played better. And but you should have played better. This loss on me. I mean, damn, you put this loss on me. This ain't my loss. I played well. Man, I played look, good. if LeBron James, y'all would have crucified me. It's still an L for you, bad. though. Y'all would have crucified me if I'd have played bad, but I didn't play bad. So now y'all got a mixtape and just try to find a reason to blame me for this loss. So that, that's not hanging in his head because he know he played well. He's not, dog. He's not getting crucified because he played well. He did what he could do. This, this yeah, he could have did a little more. I, but. I 
about LeBron for the way he played in that series. He did what he could do. He just lost to a better team. It happens. But, it happens. But I'm a part of the media now. And they tore up LeBron James for that. So Steph Curry got to get this work. Because Steph Curry ain't exempt. To me, he could play. He could have played well. And I understand your defense of him. You really being Shannon Sharp to, uh, to, to me being Skip Bayless as far as if we was treating this like if it was LeBron, right? Because Steph Curry is LeBron because you giving him the praise. And don't get me wrong. I think he played well throughout the series. But. That don't mean that you still got to take the L. So just like you said, LeBron won and four and blah, blah, blah. People going to look at LeBron losses in the finals. It don't matter the matchup that he went against. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, that don't matter. People yeah. looking at it like, well, we hold you in this regard. It don't matter if you got a, a lesser team. You got to produce. Right. You got to win. I don't care if you got an average 50. Average 50, win the game. That's what matters. I'm holding Steph Curry that same regard. I, I feel like we're going to go too long about it. So I'm gonna move forward, but Steph Curry. <laughs> so Steph Curry, just know you gotta produce. You gotta show. You gotta show promise because you was the only unanimous MVP ever in the NBA. So you supposed to be up there. You supposed to be able to do this. Your play supposed to be able to control a game. Period. Because you the only person that that can do what you do supposedly. See how hard that yeah, is when you ain't got everybody that you thought you. Like they say, when you ain't got the crew, your chest don't stick out the same. So, Steph Curry, you kind of folded a little bit to me. But, you know, you played well, but you ain't played well enough. So, anyway, so let's get back to these injuries, dog. Because, you know, we can't avoid talking about that. And, you know, we know Clay, Clay going to be out next season. KD going to be out next season. What do you think this means for the free agency now that both of these guys going to be out? The Warriors saying that they can they still can sign both of them to max um, deals. Um, yeah, they can. So, yeah, they can. Yeah, I know with the with the new stadium, I think they're gonna be making like an extra two hundred million next year. Um, so they can they can't afford it. It's, it's, um, it's just it's just from the article I read earlier today. They still plan on offering both of those guys full max contracts, and I guess they're just gonna go into the luxury tax instead. They're looking at probably a hundred and I believe thirteen mil. That's just an estimate piece, I'm sure, of what they might pay for the luxury tax, and that's a crazy price to pay. But man, I guess it's winning. Is that important to you? I guess you're willing to pay it because they say as of now, as of right now, they're planning to offer those two guys full max contract, which is crazy to me. Everybody was under the assumption that the team was gonna break up. But it doesn't necessarily have to. We just assume it's that go to think wasn't willing to pay a hundred million a hundred million dollars in luxury tax, which is unheard of. But apparently they're willing to do just that to try to keep this team together, which is mind boggling. But hey, here we are. True, true. So do you think how you think that affect the free agency market? Because if with both of these guys being injured, it add a whole nother complexity. So say like with K D being injured um, it's still it's still a chance that he won't get he won't resign he don't have to resign with he don't have to pick up that option and resign with with uh right. with the Warriors so he, you know it's still the, the speculation that he might leave they saying that Clay might feel played if he get um if he don't get first priority so I guess before we move into the free agency part who you think that they should prioritize Clay or KD the Golden um, State Warriors well what you do is. You come for both of their egos, and you, you approach them at the same day. 
you function at the exact same time at twelve o'clock midnight or uh, well, I think it's music creation. I know actually, yeah, six o'clock on the thirtieth. It's not the first no more. It's the last day of June. So June thirtieth at six o'clock, you go to both of those guys. Three o'clock Pacific time, and you put the next contract. You just put it on the desk, or you fax it over to wherever they are, and, and you let them know. Look, we we don't have no favorites. We need both of you guys. We understand that you're rehabbing your injuries, and we, we're willing to wait it out. You, know, you guys that may have to sit down the whole season, and we're completely fine with that. We need you guys back though, for the long haul. Now, will those guys, well, if, if it's presented to play, he's fine, no matter what. That's, well, that's what his dad said today on on uh, the radio show, Michael Thompson, former Lakers great, child of Michael Thompson. Um. He said his son is without a doubt signing with Golden State if Golden State presents the max plan. So it comes down to Durant. Now, everybody said Durant was going to New York, whether it was Brooklyn or the Knicks, until he went down with an injury. Maybe that ultimate his decision-making. Maybe he says, you know what, maybe I'll opt in. Take my $31 million player option and just sit this year and see how things go. If I'm able to return for the playoffs next year, if we make the playoffs, or whatever the case may be, then I try to give it a run. We make one one run at it. If it don't work out, then I go to New York next year, or I go to Brooklyn next year, whatever the plan is. Maybe just extend whatever his thinking was another year, puts it off, because he knows he's going to spend most of this next year rehabbing. Or maybe he thinks, maybe it's easier for me to leave now. I take a match somewhere else. I don't even play next year. People won't even talk about it too much because I won't even be on the court next year. So it might be easier for him to leave now and spend his next year rehabbing in New York. And then when the season's over, you know, I'm ready to go now. It's just an afterthought because I made this decision a whole year ago. And people not talking about it and that may be better off for his situation. I don't know what Durant's planning to do, though, but that's the two scenarios he's looking at right now. Right, right. Well, I think I think if I'm Durant, I got to look at it full circle. So I got to look at everything as far as what went right and what went wrong. I won two championships. I won two finals MVPs. Um, I couldn't ask for a better place to play. Um, better teammates, it seems to be and then i also got to look at it like maybe they kind of pressured me into coming back a little bit too much maybe the training staff wasn't it maybe their doctor's not as good because like Kawhi leonard these things that can't happen i'm not saying that golden state warriors um you know they staff is bad you know their medical staff is bad but who's to say that they they not i mean with the way that with the way things are working now and the way things are coming out now you can't just put anything aside so yeah, I think he got a lot to. I think KD got a lot to think about and a lot to consider. Um, not just the positive, but yeah. a lot of the negative too. Because um, it's gonna be a lot come with it. Um, I think KD seems, and I don't know how much. I, I know people. You know, he said. You know, he living his life and he, he live a good life and you know he make a lot of money and he he his life nothing wrong with his life. You know what I'm saying? Generally, um, right. I don't know. He you know he like to always go back to that, but. I know it seems is he seems as if he's the type of person that wants some type of validation from the masses, um, even though he doesn't need it from the masses because he's proven. 
but he I, it seems like right. he, he wants a lot of validation from the masses uh i always thought he should go and get a, get another team so he can be the full-fledged leader even though he did everything literally until he couldn't he did everything he could to prove that he was all about the Warriors, and people still gonna look at him and say, "Okay, that still wasn't your team. You won on the backs of somebody else, even though you was the best player. You need to go and win your own championship." Right. And and honestly, I don't think he's wrong for even if he developed that type of thought in within himself to say, "Okay, I need to go and win a championship on my own." Like I don't, I wouldn't necessarily be mad at him for that. I wouldn't be mad at him if, if he stayed, because I mean, if he stayed here. I, I'm not like I'll be mad for the league wise. Like man, ain't nobody gonna beat these dudes again. But I, you know, I wouldn't be mad necessarily at him. If like you know, you do what you do. You you been there now. Like I can't complain about something you a decision you made four years ago now. You know, five years ago now, whatever. So, um, and, go ahead. And not to cut, not to cut you off. That's what I love about the NBA. And this, this is a separate conversation. And I'll say this, and I'll leave it alone. We can discuss for the later date. The players have the power. This is one league that, that, and I give LeBron a lot of credit for this. He's taking away the power, to some degree, of the front office. Players have a lot of power in the NBA. We're able to control where they go, when they want to go, how they do it. They're, they're able to control their legacy. Magic Johnson, when he played, he signed a 25-year contract I believe it was $25 million or something like that. Like, he was locked down to that franchise. That's what that's what the front office is like. But the players and the players' association, shout out to them, they found a way to take to put the power back into the players' hands. And the beautiful thing about Durant is he don't have to make a decision to be tied down for the rest of his career. He's free to make his own decision to go where he wants to play Define his own legacy, no matter how, how he sees fit, he's in total control of that. And where Durant goes, just like where LeBron goes, it shifts the power yep. of the whole NBA landscape. Those guys now have the power to control what's going on in the NBA. I think that's just dope, man. And like you said, no matter how he sees his legacy players planning out or what decision he feels like is best for him, he's able to make it. That is the thing that's important. And that's the thing that people don't talk about or people don't credit LeBron enough for. We're putting the power back into the players' hands. Now I control what my legacy is and how I see fish to play my NBA career. I agree with that, man. Me and my one of my partners had an argument about that, but we're going to touch on it when we get more into this Anthony Davis thing. Um, uh, but to, to just to move forward a little bit, because um, Kawhi just accomplished something that was amazing. Basically getting traded, one year thing. We don't know if he's gonna stay in Toronto or not. If I was him, I personally would. But what does his accomplishment mean for free agency? Because we know that AD got a big free agency coming up. He might be. He basically in the same position that Kawhi was in last year. Um, what do you What do you think that what Kawhi accomplished? Do you think more teams will try to duplicate that now that that ha- that ha- that has happened? Well, I think um, what he did was bad news for us Lakers fans. Lakers alert, bad news. Teams may now be more inclined to take a gamble on the one-year rental. 
that's what Toronto win did. It didn't work out in the past, like when OKC did it with Paul George. Well, I guess it did work out because they got him to resign, but they didn't win a championship. Now, with Kawhi's situation, Toronto took a one-year gamble on him. They got rid of a star that they had locked down for four years. Instead, they traded him for a one-year rental. It worked out. They won the championship. So now, who's to say a team that feels like they're a superstar away won't now take the gamble and be like, well, if he do leave us after a year, it's worth it. We won the championship Oh well. A team like the Denver Nuggets who can put together a great trade package of young guys and draft picks to, to get Anthony Davis and put him with Jokic and see, you know, we wasn't far off last year. Maybe we can, you know, get us over the hump. Especially with Durant and Claydown, now it's wide open. The West is now wide open for anybody. So a trade for a player like Anthony Davis may put you over the top, and teams, I think, are going to be more willing to do that now, seeing how this Toronto situation played out for Kawhi. Right, right. I agree, man. I agree. Um, I know you got a lot to say about this whole Anthony Davis thing, but before you say that, sure. before before you say sure. that, I, I had a I had a conversation. I was just I, I referenced this earlier. I had a conference. I had a conversation with my partner Will about free agency. Anthony Davis should just he said Anthony Davis should just stay in New Orleans and this that and the other and but then he also in a you know and later in the conversation he said that if I'm the Warriors I get rid of Iguodala and so I told him that this this what I come up with and this this somewhat on and off topic. And, but it touched on what you spoke on earlier about players having power, right? Teams could mm-hmm. look at somebody like people look at AD. Not saying that you will. You you got a more of an issue with some other stuff. But people look at AD and say what AD right. is doing is wrong. He shouldn't be trying to force a trade. He he shouldn't say what he wants to play. Uh, you know he shouldn't have that power. Well, I'm one of the people that feel like if you that good then you should be able to say what you want to play. That's one thing. But two, the reason that I feel the way I feel is because of the conversation that we had about Iguodala. Now, Iguodala has won a Finals MVP with the with the Warriors. Is one of the re, one of the main key pieces that the Warriors have even been to the Finals this many times. He hit. He's hit Correct. clutch bucket after clutch bucket. He's played great defense after great defense. And Correct. I'm pretty sure that somebody in that front office that even though this man has said this going to be my last year plan, this upcoming year going to be my last year plan, would not hesitate if 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 it came to it for whatever, uh, for depth or whatever, would right. get rid of Iguodala. Not saying that they will, but I'm that's the yep. world that this this is the NBA world that we talk about all the time. They would get rid of somebody who's been a staple there. For all these, for these last five years, who knowing he coming up on his last year and ship him out because his contract too high, but then AD can't sit up there and say, "Well, I'm this good. I want to make my own decision on where I want to play." But you could take somebody who is actually somebody important to your franchise and say, "Bye." So to me, I I, I agree with what you said. I just say I like to say I agree with what you said. I think the players, great players. Just like any any great individual in anything, they have more leverage to get more things that they want out of whatever they do. Period. Period. Preach. Uh, so, Preach. so to me, 
I don't think it's nothing wrong with the Anthony Davis, who is a top five talent in the in the NBA, is what they they projected him as, to not be able to say, I don't want to play at this team, this team, and that team. These are the two places I want to play. Either this place or that place, that's why I want to play. It don't make sense for y'all to trade me there. I'm not going to stay there. Then, then get a man what he wished for because he's that great. Not just because he demanded. I'm not saying J.R. Smith can say I want to be traded somewhere and he should get it. I'm saying he's not that good to, to have that type of leverage. But if you got that type of leverage and you're that powerful of a player because you're just that damn good, then you should better speak on where you want to play. You know, where you want your legacy to be led at. You that good at it. You didn't play. You didn't do all that practice to be that good to say, oh, well, yeah, I'll just go play for this team that I'm not, and I don't really want to play for. So, but I said all that to say just to get that out of the way. But what's your feelings about this whole Lakers, Pelicans, Anthony Davis trade situation? How you feeling about that, boss? <laughs> Man, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, probably. You know, I, I rarely clap it up for you when you say something, but you really did hit the nail on the head. And that's what I was speaking to earlier when I was referring to players having power. And that's what I love about the NBA. If this guy didn't gave you seven years of his career, seven years, I laid it all on the line. I've been all NBA. I've been all-star multiple, multiple times. I've been MVP candidate. And y'all didn't surround me with the talent that I need in order for me to win. Why can't I go somewhere else? Why? I'm laying it out on the line for you every night. I've been injured. I've been playing through injuries. And if it's, if it's you guys not appreciating me enough to put the talent around me, then let me go. And I'm going to tell you, man, people have a problem with Anthony Davis because he's pushing the envelope. He's making people feel uncomfortable. All these front offices, and they don't like that. They want the NBA to go back to the old way. Well, if you're under contract, you play for us no matter what. But like Harrison Barnes, there's no way Harrison Barnes found out he was getting traded while he was sitting on the bench in the game. Like, game was going on. He was sitting on the bench. They tapped him, hey, you going to Sacramento. What? But that's okay. But I can't sit on the bench. Now, now let Harrison Barnes have been sitting on the bench and I told the coach, man, I won't be traded. Trade me, man. Trade me right now. Then it's a problem. How? How is that a problem? Right. It's, 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 if you're going to go with it one way, if you're fine with it one way, then be fine with it the other way. Right. The front office have the right to trade me whenever they want. Cool. But if I'm one of the best players in the league, yeah, the mother is. He gave Dale everything he had. Isaiah Thomas, this dude laid it all on the line for the Celtics. Took him to the playoffs, got him as far as they've been within the last maybe 20 years or so. And played a game after his sister passed, R.I.P. Played a game right after his sister passed. Well, his sister passed while she was on his way to see his game. And for you to not appreciate that and to trade that man in the following offseason after he suffered an injury, a hip injury, which could have easily been Anthony Davis State. Which easily could have been misdiagnosed. That's another whole other thing, too. About these 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 players and you know the the the, the medical staff and stuff. That's a whole another thing too. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to put that out there. Yo, and, and, and the, I pointed to that to that record because that was the reason when Anthony Davis um the, the people in Anthony Davis camp and 
It's on YouTube if you look it up. If they don't have his back, who would make me want to go play there? Why would I want to go play the bus? And I just see how you have somebody that laid it all on the line and gave you everything they had. It was a superstar. Had a superstar season, I said. Yeah. At the time when you got rid of him. And and you treated him like that? So no, I don't have I don't have the front office best interest in mind. I gotta look out for Anthony Davis at the end of the day, because y'all don't care about me. Y'all care as long as I'm putting people in these seats and I'm making y'all money and I'm giving my all, I'm getting injured. And, and y'all just trying to really just use me up. Because once you feel like I'm no benefit, no longer for the franchise, y'all going to get rid of me. So you know what? Before I let that happen, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to force a trade. I'm getting out of here. There's no way. And I'm going to tell my agent, which is Rich Paul, who is, who is behind a lot of this and with the and, and front offices and the other agents in the league don't like Rich Paul because he's speaking out on behalf of the players. And they don't like that. They hate that. LeBron embraces it. LeBron loves it because it's his friend. And he pushes the envelope because he is all about player power. And anybody that's supporting the players and is about player power, I support them as well. Yes, Rich Paul was very blunt and told the Celtics, don't say I didn't tell you, but he will not retire with you. So feel free to go ahead and trade for him if that's what you like. But guess what? He will not resign. So don't even... Act surprised or act like I didn't speak to you as well. I didn't speak to you and tell you this. Because he won't do it. And, and, and I think it's good. I think it's good for him to put pressure on these front offices, make them uncomfortable, and now you have this Anthony Davis situation. You want to say anything before I actually get into this now? Now I'm about to get mad. No, 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 look, look. Uh, like I said, I totally agree with it, bro. Um, I, I definitely think that these players, especially these really great players, I think that it ain't it ain't like they asking to get paid more money in these situations. So their money not gonna change. Your money not gonna change right. as an owner. You know, you gonna still get paid. You know, like we just said, the Warriors gonna get an extra two hundred million just by going across a bay. Building they spent one point three billion or whatever on two point three billion, whatever they spent on the stadium, and they about to make an extra two hundred million dollars just this year, just from moving locations. Exactly. So. so NBA not the NBA not losing the owners not losing at all these teams not losing I mean just think the Warriors have been to the finals five straight years just imagine the amount of money that they make in every playoff game they sell out every playoff game I mean that's, that's millions on millions on millions on millions so it ain't like Anthony Davis like not only do I want to be traded I want a four hundred million dollar contract he, exactly he just want to play where he want to play it's a game he want to play where he wants to play so. That's all I got to say about that. Go ahead, bro. I'm going to let you get into your thing. Go ahead and get in your bag, bro. Now, now Pelicans, Raquel, come here. Come on, let me. I'm stepping in my office right quick. Because y'all shook Now, look. Edwin Davis and already told y'all what it was. I want to play for the Lakers, the Knicks. Or the, did he say the Knicks? No, he just said the Lakers are the Knicks. Yeah. So, it being your best interest to make a trade to one of them teams. I could see if those teams were trying to lowball you, but these people are going in their trunk and pulling out every asset that they got to give you, and y'all talking about that not enough. You know what y'all going to end up doing? Y'all going to end up passing on that, and just out of spite for Anthony Davis and not sending him where he want to go, y'all going to take a lesser offer from another team and send him there so he could be miserable for a year. But all the while, y'all crippling yourselves. These people have offered y'all Lazo Ball, 
Brandon Ingram, the number four pick, a future first round pick in 2021, and y'all telling them, no, y'all gonna lose too. Uh, no, uh, y'all gonna get Brandon Bill in a three team trade. No, y'all gonna get Zach Levine from the Bulls and throw him in there. Who else y'all want? What y'all want? Y'all want a uh, a uh, a statue of Magic Johnson, a, the Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Jim Fox. What y'all want? Uh, a Kobe Bryant ring? I don't know what else y'all trying to get out of this situation. Hopefully y'all just milking this to try to see what y'all can get, and then y'all end up pulling the trigger on draft night, which the draft is June twentieth next Thursday, by the way. Hopefully y'all come to y'all senses because I hate to see out of y'all ego in spite of Anthony Davis, or in spite of trading with the Lakers and sending him where he wants to go or where he prefers to go. Y'all take a stupid deal and end up hurting yourself in the long haul. Because I'm going to tell you one thing, y'all, drafting Zion, if y'all don't do right by Zion and put the right talent around that kid, y'all going to be faced with this Anthony Davis situation again in the future. Yep. So what y'all want to do is take the best offer right now because y'all got a real lively depth of having the top five player that's this runner because y'all didn't put the right pieces around him. And y'all see what happens. Now, y'all have the opportunity to get a bunch of young young players, put around Zion, who has the potential to be a superstar, and build for the future. Now, I'm waiting. Y'all pissing me off. But if y'all gonna take this trade, it's gonna hurt y'all more than it's gonna hurt the Lakers. I guarantee it. Well, the eyes saying the, the eyes for the Lakers to win the championship next year is is number one right now. So the, Las Vegas assuming that that the Lakers are actually going to be able to pull off a trade with the Pelicans. Um, I think the, the I think the KD and, and Clay injuries kind of pushed this a little more to the forefront um, for them for them to go ahead and make it happen. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I, I'm kind of like you. I'm kind of getting a little impatient about it because it's clearly. It's, it's all for public consumption right now. Just make it happen. Um, yeah. Just just go ahead and make it happen. Make you know do what y'all need to do. Make it happen. Um, we got who, bro? I, we we didn't debate it so much on this one, bro. We 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 gonna have to close soon. So we gonna we gonna kind of we gonna kind of rapid fire through a couple things real quick. Just some things that we okay. can't we can't miss on on this episode. Um, we talked about Kawhi. We talked about KD and Clay and their injuries. We kind of spoke on, you know, what the Raptors did, you know, what you call it. Just real quick, Masai Ujiri, uh, best GM in, in basketball. Uh, no, I'm gonna still go with. Uh, I do think he's a great, great GM though. But by me not saying I don't think he's number one, it's, it's no slight to him. I think he's a great, great GM. But I'm still going with Bob Myers and. Um, Golden State and what he did to build that team, hitting in the draft with Steph, hitting in the draft with Clay, Draymond, uh, Draymond going out there and getting Durant no matter how it unfolded, bringing Iggy in, like it's just Livingston he's done too. too much to build that team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pardon me. Pardon me. I said Livingston too. Livingston was a huge pickup when oh, he Livingston, right? Correct. Um, he was a castaway. Nobody wanted Livingston at that time. You know, he took a chance on him and look. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I, I didn't think about it like that. Um, but yeah, like you say, you gotta tip your hat to Masai. Um, he got a potential misdemeanor. He got going out against him. Supposedly he assaulted a, a officer. I think it's something that they blowing out of proportion. 
Um, mm-hmm. I hate to be this guy. I really do. I think race got something to do with this. Um, I think. Yeah. I think, I I really do I think if it was Bob Myers, then it wouldn't even been that. Um, but or if it was another, you know, no, another white gym, I think it wouldn't have been that. But so I, I pray that everything goes well with this with Masai Jerry. Uh, he got a lot of big things supposedly coming his way. A lot of people want to offer him a lot of money to build their teams. Um, so good luck to him and congratulations to him for what he did and what he pulled out. Because even though it could be looked at as a lucky thing, um, I think Max Kellerman say uh, luck is the residue of something. I forget how it goes. But basically he put in the work and he did, he did what he had to do. He took a chance on himself and he accomplished it. So that's a motivation all in his own. Um, you spoke on this. NBA draft next Thursday, you said? It's next Thursday? Correct, correct, correct. Um, clearly, Zion's supposedly going number one. Uh, RJ Barrett says he's gonna, he wants to play for the Knicks because um, he loved to work out there. Um, anything anything that you feel about the draft that we need to speak on uh, that you feel like is going to be something that is going to be noteworthy after the draft? Well, um, I'm not, man, and it's probably unpopular and people that hate me for telling this. I'm not as high on Zion as other people are. To me, he relies way too much on his athleticism, and I think he'll be able to make highlight plays at the next level, but I just don't know if he'll be a superstar that, that people are projecting him to be. I kind of think he's more like uh, Anthony Bennett with an iPhone, Anthony Bennett with an upgrade, Anthony Bennett with some strength shoes. Um, That's really what I think about it, but, you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But another thing I want to touch on is if the Lakers are making this pick at number four, I just want to say something that went terribly wrong, which means the pick should be traded by next week. Whether it's for Anthony Davis or whether it's for Bradley Beal or whether it's for another superstar there. The Lakers should not be making this pick at number four. We we really don't have room for another young person on our team. We're already full of young players. We have LeBron. We need to be trying to find, you know, people that are ready to step in and contribute right away. So I'm going to just say that. The Lakers is making this pick at number four. Something has went terribly wrong in the front office with L.A. So that's something I'm going to be looking for. I, I really think that Anthony Davis trade goes down between now and our next show. We'll see. Uh, if, if if it doesn't go down, I got a feeling it's because, like I said, the Pelicans are moving out of spite, and that's why we don't end up with them. Um, somebody, somebody that that um that I'm hearing, I'm starting to hear a lot more buzz about now is uh Manuk Bowles' son, Bobo. They're saying that he might be yeah. one of the better players in the draft that's not being talked about. Um, he a little he a little lightning behind, but um, he's skilled. He's very skilled for what I think he's about seven three, yeah. or seven four or something like that. He talk, very skilled. Um, yep. seven three. So, so I I look forward to see what's gonna happen in the draft. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he move up um, to be one of the more of the upper picks, more of a lottery pick, higher lottery pick if yeah. he, if he isn't already. Um, so, um, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm more so, I was kind of high on RJ Barrett at first, but after watching him throughout this season, um, he got a lot of work to do. 
I'm not saying he can't be I think he's going to be a stud, though, bro. I think he's really going to be good, though. I, 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 really think he, I think he will eventually. I think he's going to be kind of like uh, not saying he's going to play. They're going to play. They play the same or anything. I think he's going to he, – he, I think he's gonna have like a career somewhere like uh, D'Angelo Russell, like where initially we don't really understand how good maybe he is, and then he's gonna develop into a okay. really good player maybe. Um, but he got he got a lot of work to do. He can only go one way in the NBA, and we know in the NBA you gotta be able to go more than one way unless you Jamal Crawford, and yeah. Jamal Crawford was a six man, and I don't think he look at himself as being somebody to be a six man for the rest of his career. So. Right. He, I think he'll have to work on that, but you know that that that'll probably be my biggest takeaway. I, I can't wait to uh, actually you know watch the draft and see 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 what's gonna happen because that's gonna be extremely interesting. Um, and it's something that probably has something to do with free agency and the draft. Kyrie Irving fired his um, Kyrie Irving fired. Well, he's he didn't fire him. They 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 parted ways with his agent, and uh, he signed with Rock Nation. Which is big because you know it's been a lot of speculation about him going to the Nets. Um, so what's your take on that? Brooklyn and how you know I was hoping that uh, Kyrie would come to the Lake Show, man, but it looked like that vision is over with. That's definitely over. So way. yeah, and it looked like he's headed with Brooklyn. I told you um, there's a, a high-ranking official in Brooklyn front office that that has a twin brother. That's a high-ranking official in Rock Nation sports. So that's the tie there. So I can see that easily happening. So Jimmy Butler just opted out of his player option today. Jimmy, you next on the list, man. I was, I, I, well, I'm hoping for Kawhi first. But, you know, if we can't land Kawhi, come on down, Jimmy. Maybe you can show over here in L.A., baby. You know you like that West Coast. I just seen you uh, giving basketball lessons to Mark Wahlberg's daughter out there in California. So come on down, man. We can use you out here in LA. We got a spot for you, baby. That's real. That's real. We can't use him. I, we talked about that before the show, and um, right. just the way that the way that the way that LeBron play. Normally, the best type of sidekick for LeBron is somebody who can just go and score at will. Yeah. Um, that can. Yep. That don't need a, a pass. You know. Yeah. Everybody always say, "Well, you got to surround LeBron with shooters," but Kyrie isn't just. A, you can't just minimize Kyrie to a shooter. You couldn't minimize the way to a shooter. Like, these just wasn't shooters. These people that, when they got the rock, they can make plays. Um, so, Jimmy Butler fits that mold. Uh, he a little, probably a little bigger than D-Wade D as far as height and stuff like that. And he could probably, yeah. I would say, a better def I wouldn't say, I don't know if I, I that's probably a, a good debatable question, if he a better defender than D-Wade or vice versa. He can go more position. He can go more position than D-Wade yeah. just so, because yeah. of his size. Yeah, so... Um, but so you're right. I, I think he would be a good fit um, with the Lake Show. But we're gonna see, man. It's a whole bunch of stuff that we don't know what the hell gonna happen. So we're gonna see with that. Just a couple things. Um, we didn't get a chance to really go through everything in the detail that we wanted to, as far as some of the some of the smaller stories that's going on. But the Raiders gonna be on Hard Knocks. I never watched Hard Knocks before, but I really want to sit down and watch it this year because I would love to see. Yeah, it. I think I think I might tune into that because. Just Antonio Brown and uh, Vontez Burfick, they make me want to watch the show. Just them two. I, everybody else, I get it, but you them ever, two make me want to watch You ever seen the Chucky movie? Huh? You ever seen the Chucky movie before? Oh, uh, Child's Play? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's going to be a lot like that. 
<laughs> I can't. I, I can't I, 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 I lot to watch that. that. Oh, speaking of shows, I finished uh, season three of This Is Us. Crazy. Oh, crazy, crazy. Man. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that another time. Um, yes, sir. Another thing, NFL news right now. Um, a lot of quarterbacks and got well, a couple quarterbacks and got paid recently. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, more recently, uh, Carson Wentz. Cowboys still haven't paid Dak. Uh oh. Figure it out. Do what y'all gotta do. Uh oh. Need to go ahead and pay the dude. He he's at least deserving of a good contract. We'll probably get into that another day. If if by next week they haven't uh discussed haven't made, you know, this decision and then put it on paper, then we definitely gonna discuss this in more detail next week. <laughs> um, but I do also wanna say uh, rest in peace to the Denver Broncos on the uh Pat Bowl, Pat is Bowles. Pat Bowling. Bowling. I'm Bowling. sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Pat Bowling. Uh, I'm looking at my notepad. It's on the ground. I should have picked it up. Uh, but Pat, you know, RP to him. Um, yeah. Really good owner for the for the uh, for the Denver Broncos. And lastly, one thing I want to touch on, and I know you know we we try to keep our shows to a certain time limit, but I do want to touch on this just to bring some awareness to it. I just want to send some prayers out to the people in Sudan. Um, it's a, it's basically a massacre going on right now in Sudan. Um, they're, they're, uh, I'm not, I'm not well versed in who's doing what. So I don't want to say whether it's this group of people or that group of people, but I know that they had people that were protesting in a peaceful manner to basically to, uh, to, to, to go against, you know, the, the tyranny that they were suffering from for 30 plus years. And, um, I don't know if it's the government or if it's, uh, more of a group, a, mil- a militia style group that are murdering these people right now. It's over 600 deaths, uh, over a thousand people are missing, uh, over 700 people they have recorded are injured. They have went into villages and burned raped and pillaged literal literal villages and I don't, I don't mean just women are being raped i mean women men and children are being raped they are throwing bodies in the nile river and it's not getting it's not getting enough publicity yeah. for us to really try to do something to help um i know this show isn't the biggest platform to speak up upon these things but for the listeners yeah. that we do have we do ask that you support this movement and try to, you know, do whatever you can. If it's just sharing a post, if it's um, hashtag and pray for Sudan or something in in one of your in one of your posts or something like that, whatever it is, um, just try to bring awareness to what's going on because the 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 national media isn't covering it, and we can understand why it probably isn't being covered covered because it is an African country. Um, with a lot of Muslim people there. So um, here in America, um, that's basically can be considered two strikes against you in some people's eyes. Yeah. So um, yeah. this, but this is people being murdered. And uh, I, if I don't, if I can recall correctly, uh, I want to say maybe a few months ago, the, the, the great Notre Dame, and I did air quotation, the great Notre Dame church um, caught a fire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, people supported that with by giving up a billion dollars to support this church that nobody got hurt at or nobody got killed at. They supported this church and they sent them a $1 billion to restore it. And you literally got thousands of people that's being killed 
right now as we speak about this and no government or no celebrity or nobody of significant importance has even uh, did anything least at least um, that we know of or they making public about to help the cause of what's going on in Sudan so I just want to say uh, we praying for Sudan uh, we hope this this ends very quickly and something and and whatever we can do to try to support this situation we want to we want to play our part so that's my speech on that I don't know if you have anything you want to speak on with that shot oh man this definitely prayers up for the people of Sudan man nobody deserves this type of treatment uh, I'm, I just want to salute you for, for using our platform no matter how many people listen to it but just to your attempt to raise awareness it's just what we need from more people. If we, if we get everybody to, to express this sentiment and, and, and raise awareness to it, that's the more eyes. Even if it's just one more person you make aware of it, you never know how much that can help. So, but I just want to say it's prayers up to, to those people. My condolences to their families and the people affected by this tragedy that's still currently going on right now as we speak. Yeah, definitely, man. So, on that note, Thank y'all for listening. Y'all be blessed. We appreciate y'all. Peace.